Hi, and welcome to another Mailbag episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. I'm Adam, and with me today are Terry and Megan. Took me a second. So yep. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I pause every time, yeah. but it's okay. We go by Tegan and Mary now. Was <laughs> <laughs> one you pod- just call me Megan? Yeah. Lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is that bitch? Um, Megan, no! <laughs> um, and uh, this is another mailbag episode. This is the fucking 25th one. You guys know how this works. We've got a table of uh, 21 questions. Um, we have D20 dice, and we're going to throw these at our dice tower and answer the questions um, as they come up. And one person, one poor, unfortunate son of a bitch is going to be left behind. So we will do... One singular person. One singular question. A lot of these are like the same four people have asked like three questions. Like there's just a flood from one person at a time every like three weeks. Right. It's fine. So it'll be okay. Um, And if it isn't okay and you're going to cry about it, uh, send me a message and I'll give you Terry's address. Yeah, sure. You can. you can. I don't answer the door to anybody. To anybody. Unless they text me saying, I'm going to be there in 12 minutes. It's a true millennial. It. Exactly. Um, Alright, let's uh, grab dice and roll to see who's going to go first. Okay. 12. 18. 18. Alright, Megan, you are first. So we're going, I guess we're going clockwise around the table. Good, okay. I should have read these ahead of time again. The point is that you're not supposed to know what they are ahead right. of time. But they sometimes they're so sometimes hard. Sometimes they ask a thing that I'm like, I don't know what it's that like, is. It's like, you want me to come up with an answer <laughs> immediately on this. All right. I, ooh, 20. Oh, a 20 right, right off the beginning. That's a bad thing I want you to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alexander, another Skip Davis says. That's why it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, hi, Alexander. Hi, Alexander. <laughs> what is your fave D&D New Year's resolution? This one obviously came in right around New Year's. Yeah. Right. But I also feel like we've said many a times, like, I'm not a person who sets New Year's resolutions <laughs> to set myself up for failure, I guess. <laughs> um, well, you ask the question. You answer first. Uh, I, I guess if I would had a new D&D New Year's resolution, it would be able to play consistently, you know? Right. Like that everybody can't play D&D because one ass hat doesn't show up or what have you. And I'm now learning as a DM, if I don't show up, you can't play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's some pressure, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh, shit, I actually have to show up today. I haven't DM'd in a while. I'm now DMing a game for you folks. And I'm just like... Yeah, you have to be there. Now I have to be there. I can't take a day off. You know what I mean? So I think that if I had a D&D New Year's resolution, it would be that everybody could show up at the table and it would be a nice time. Aw, that's more sentimental than I'm used to. I'm really only weird. halfway through my beer. So. Okay, all right. <laughs> Terry? I just got this beer like 30 seconds ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> Uh, mine, mine would be to read the bloody dungeon master's guide again <laughs> because they have they have rules for the thing the weird thing that comes up and you go shit I don't know how to handle this nobody's ever thought about this before they have thought about it it's, it's in, in the, the book D- it's yeah. in the DMG yeah. just look in there there'll be a rule for it or something to guide you so yeah. read the DMG again um, my New Year's resolution was honestly well it wasn't New Year's it was when I started the latest campaign that I was running is to not be as quite so fucking grimdark as I have been over the last three years. And I've got Call of Cthulhu now to really, like, scratch that itch. So things can be a little bit more fun and whimsical. And that all went to shit in the last session that I've played because I murdered 60% of the fucking You party. know who we are Excellent. and what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Make them suffer. I killed Dave's character and he wasn't even there. 
Yeah, I do that's that. a new low. That's well, a new all you should do is blame Dan, and then it's fine. Yeah, Dan was running it because it was a barbarian. So right. Dan is sitting there rolling the dice, and he's like, you know "Dave he... would do this. Dave said do what do what he would do." So you want to know whose character it. survived? Dan's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, believe me, that's not what I wanted. Hey, man, we're gonna make a great team. I like how the two characters that hate each other lived. <laughs> huh. Karma. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Terry, roll a die. No, uh, nine. Nine. That's you. You roll. Oh, it. I have to ask my own question. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you What the fuck? Like, it's like, this is the 25th one. Like, I've never done <laughs> this before. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, waiting. Okay. Uh, uh, B. Affinis? Baffinis. B. Affinis. B. Affinis. So, so all, so questions one to ten are all from, from patrons that are, that have the Discord. Okay. Right? So we have to pretend that we know how to pronounce their names. Okay. So B. Affinanus. The Fanus. The We're so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Bafanus Brown asks. <laughs> That sounds like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> it does. Totally does. Really Sorry, does. Uh, Harry Potter. Definitely, on, yeah. definitely Hufflepuff. <laughs> uh, what pets, if any, do you have? I imagine this is IRL. Yeah. Uh, I, I I currently have uh, I currently have one dog. Is that it? That's all you're gonna it's, give I, us? I've one. I have one dog. I have a Rottweiler. Uh, she's very sweet. And what's her name? Uh, her name is Yona, which means black bear in Cherokee. Very cute. I've been led to believe. And if anybody watches Outlander. There in the series, no spoilers. There's a series where there is a bear, and the uh, the uh, uh, Native American people, the indigenous people, refer to it as the Yona, which was validation for me. The, the Leonardo DiCaprio, I can't do the whistle. Nailed you know it. <laughs> Absolutely fucking nailed it. Yeah, I have a dog named Yona. Very cute. Um, I have three geckos. Um, and they are all little leopard geckos. None of them have the sticky pads, so they don't climb. They just run around and kill crickets and. Give me that bitch I'm hungry look every other day or so. That's all they want from you. That's, there is no love, but but I love them. So I think that's why I liked having geckos for so long. It's mm-hmm. like it did not require my attention or love. They just, you know, they just existed. I don't have them anymore. Those are dead. Um, I now have a cat. Uh, his name is Momo. Uh, actually, it's Mo- Mowgli, but I call him Momo. Your cat's name is Mowgli? Yeah. My cat, when I was growing up, his name was Mowgli. That's adorable. That is weird. Was it a tuxedo cat? Uh, he's a ginger tabby cat. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, see, I've got, like, he's, like, a part Maine Coon, so he's, Why did like, you say no, as though mine no, doesn't count? Not right. Not <laughs> mine right. was alive and then died yeah. before yours was born. <laughs> no, but I love my cat. His paws are basically the same size as my hand. He's a, he's a big boy. Man. Yeah. Could probably beat your dog up if he wasn't so scared of everything. I've known you for a long time. I didn't know your cat was named Mowgli. I've yeah. never known. I've technically only had him for... Let me tell you, one of my geckos can beat up both of your pets. Though. Oh, I, I, I have one that's vicious as fuck. No. Oh, I love him. He's Momo's a the size of a fucking dog, and he'll get he'll just like lie down and take it. He's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that. We're moving on. I'm gonna roll a die. Momo's phone number. <laughs> uh, Twelve. Um, <laughs> this one came in last night. Uh, M. Dot V. Willems asked, uh, "What is your favorite dinosaur moment in recent, like the last forty-ish years, seen?" Character, whatever, your choice. What's your favorite dinosaur thing? Dinosaur thing? I mean, the right answer is the T-Rex busting through the cage in Jurassic Park, right? Like, that is the most iconic. Right. Like, that's... Besides the Velociraptor hunt, what else is there that's... 
Sorry, they're talking about the most recent dinosaur. Well, thing? No, no, no. In the last forty-ish years, what's, what's your, your favorite, favorite like dinosaur-y thing? Dinosaur-y thing. Like the Land Before Time is pretty classic. Oh, don't. No, still mm, not over childhood it. trauma. Come on, I honestly, legitimately think it did contribute to some kind of trauma absolutely. Sure. That and the Brave Little Toaster fucked me up. Oh my, absolutely. Okay, the right? he- the heater in Brave Little Toaster. Right to this day. To this day scares the shit out of me. They, and they wonder why millennials out of all of us are fucked Afraid up. Afraid of everything. Afraid of everything. I don't wonder. Gen Z were billionaires at 17 years old because they're dancing on the internet. We never figured it out. We're <laughs> the only poor people in the world. Right now. We thought we could be like our parents and have that boomer lifestyle. And also we're like, wait a minute, we can't do that. But it was too late for us. <laughs> it was too late for us. Too late for us. Favorite dinosaur moment. Um, I'm going to say that when we were doing a podcast online and Adam started playing with dinosaurs on the other side. Yeah, I did distract the shit out of <laughs> out of Kyle and Megan while I was playing with the fucking dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like it's running around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of one which isn't just a... I mean, you're right. The right answer is the T-Rex, but it's so on the nose. I don't want to say that. I... T- I t- dinosaurs. What about like Toy Story? And like, what's his name? I don't I Rex? hate him. Rex. No, I oh, want him to die so immediately. Cute. No, he's not cute. His what's arms. cute about him? His little arms. See, I made I made the joke online when I got this question that the right answer is when Dennis Hopper in Mario Brothers goes from King Koopa to a dinosaur. Oh my god! I'll say Yoshi. Yoshi is the best dinosaur thing that ever happened to me in the past forty years. Well, that's there cute. We go. That's right. all right. I'll accept that that's as an answer. Wholesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Megan, okay. what you got? Okay. Here we go. I'm going to bring the page up first before I get to... I feel like there should have been a Marvel dinosaur by now, right? Doesn't it feel like there should have been one? There's no Marvel. It's the Hulk. What? Hulk is... It's basically the Hulk. It's... It's I mean, not, not at all. Not even... What the... Not fuck? even close. <laughs> I just... Sh- God damn it. I told you, my job here is to piss off the internet. People can't see... <laughs> What did you roll? The, I rolled a 16. The I ignorance it. in Megan's body language as well, where she just immediately started looking at her phone, didn't look at either of us, just moved on with her life. After Absolutely. Uh, mostly because I'm trying to read my question. I rolled a 16. Okay. Um, was it, oh, sorry, this is why I need a piece of paper that's printed this at like font 75. Um, and Deer says, so I'm running a heavy dragon campaign because why not? I was curious how you would do it. Like, what plot would you do? What twists? And what would you use as a uh, big bad evil guy? <laughs> Don't say Tiamat. <laughs> Don't say it? You're not allowed to say Tiamat. Not allowed to say Tiamat. No, it's going to be Terry's answer. Well, it's just the yeah. obvious one. Yeah. No, I feel like I like the fact that dragons can disguise themselves and be humans and, like, just wander around and just enjoy life kind of thing. So I feel like that's how I would play a dragon campaign, is that the people you're hanging out with, you don't know if they're a dragon or not until it's too fucking late and you're birthing dragonborn. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, big bad evil guy would probably not be a dragon, to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a fan of siding with dragons. I feel like it would be dragon enemies. Ooh, dragon versus giant campaign. 100%. War of the dragons and the giants. There you go. Ah. All right, <laughs> Megan's happy now. I am going to not answer any of those direct questions. Of course, why bother? But, Fuck this mailbag, right? But I mean, <laughs> those specific questions. But I will give some little tips on a dragon campaign. I'm running a dragon campaign right now. What I've found has worked very well. Don't worry too much about, oh, what should I do as the BBG? It's got to be dragon themed and all this. But just make the dragons as different from one another as the as any other creature in the world. I have, uh, like, dragons. I'll describe how they stand. Like, do they stand, like, very upright and proper? Like a bronze dragon perhaps might, or a red dragon if they're kind of being very official, uh, compared to, like, a copper dragon that will maybe lie upside down, lounging like a cat, like, not even taking the whole situation seriously. Where, like, a black one is slinking across the ground and exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're in their dragon form, do they have jewelry on? Do they have rings? 
make them seem like exotic. And even the way they fly, I have one dragon that I described the way he flies is almost like he's breakdancing, like he flips in the air and comes back. Whereas the white dragon kind of soars and then dives like a predator. And then the red dragon will fly very gracefully and properly and slowly like take his time. So that I found has made my campaign more interesting than trying to clamp at what could be an interesting bad guy. It's going to be a dragon. It's just you need to make the dragon unique. Um, I had a second point to all of this, but I've forgotten what it was, so you won't get it. So, uh, yeah, so there's my advice. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's like the second episode that you've told an audience member to suck it. <laughs> In like the last two weeks. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Here we are. This is what I do. <laughs> um, okay, so my, my advice is there's so much cool shit about dragons. We... The only book that has been dedicated to a monster that we've gotten so far has been the Dragon Book. Pick up Fizzbands. It's actually fucking solid. Um, but the thing that I like about them is that it made them almost people. Like, they're intelligent. Yeah. They're, they wear, like you said, jewelry. They've got an idea of their home. They have interactions. They've got connections with other creatures. It's not just a fucking beholder tyrant that sits up in the lair and demands you bring me a sacrifice. Right? Like, dragons are far more complex than that. Um, my favorite thing that I ever did with dragons was with uh, my green dragon, Excantilus, who figured out that dragons were inherently magical, so he would uh, slash open his own arm and feed kobolds to supercharge them so that the kobolds would grow ra- grow wings and tails and become half-dragon kobolds and were far more dangerous and deadly and had breath weapons and stuff. And so when, when I think your group killed him, This sounds Terry, familiar. Yeah. yeah um, I love it. Yeah, when you guys killed him, he ended up falling into a pool of water and all of his cobalt minions dove in and all got supercharged. And then you guys fought that for like three or four sessions. And then he came back as a Dracolich, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So Excantilus was a lot of fun because he knew, he knew that uh, if you drink dragon blood, you get more powerful. And my players figured that out too. And I think most of you ended up eating a dragon heart at one point. And getting... Jamie definitely did. I remember he did. Yeah, and it gave yeah. an extra 10 maximum hit points. Right. I've definitely eaten a dragon heart before. Yeah, you did that as well. Mieka's um, done that in a campaign. She was not happy about it. Um, <laughs> That's no. what we do. This is all part of it. All yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so that's like leaning into the weird inherent magical nature of dragons. They should affect everything around them. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you like eating a dragon heart? Um, be massive. Yeah, it's like delicious. she did. I, I do make you eat it raw, and I think that was the problem. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyways, who asked that? That was you. I did. Yeah. yeah. So Terry. Okay. Let's get these other dice out the way. We're only using one. Fourteen. Fourteen. We haven't doubled yet now that I've said that. Fourteen. In my Yorkshire accent. Um, Zenon underscore Ramzeit. Ramzeit? I guess. Is it a German pronunciation? So it would be Ramzeit. You have to say it more angry. Oh, is it an American pronunciation? Ramzeit. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. Albert Einstein? Okay. Uh, <laughs> L5R gets mentioned a lot. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Any plans for coverage or live plays? Megan, this might be a few. Uh, uh, I have the FF version of the game, Final Fantasy version of the game, sitting on my shelf and have been uh, wanting to experience it in some way. How amazing. Um, I'll answer this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, you know. There, there, so, like, coverage on the podcast, um, to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and a sneak peek, there is plans on the schedule to release something for you folks. 
um, to be able to kind of like invest in the world that I will not shut up about. Uh, so yeah, you might eventually at one point, at some point this year, be tortured with my voice talking about things in L5R. So you're fucking welcome. <laughs> Buckle up and get ready. Buckle up. For Samurai Sadness Simulator. Pack a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Mm. I'm not. I got to edit the fucking thing. 13. 13. I think I did 13. Same you guy. did, uh, you, we've done 14 or 12. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Oh, Xenon Roundsight. I'm assuming. Asks. He's <laughs> different every time. Yeah, I'm assuming. That's how we pronounce yeah. it. Uh, in a system which has bounded accuracy as one of its main selling points, what are your thoughts on expertise? Do you find that it works well as the uh, as that two or three things the character is extremely good at and should always succeed at? Or is it disruptive and changes the way the DM sets DCs? As a player, does it feel bad when the rogue has higher arcana than the wizard or higher religion than the cleric? Should all classes get expertise in something? Um, that is a common complaint about rogues. And let me weigh in. I think that people that complain about expertise don't understand how skills work. Yeah. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean that it needs to be a challenge. And every encounter that you run into can only be considered an encounter if it eats up resources. Sometimes that resource is just time. Expertise gets through that so you can throw more shit at the party and they can move faster and be better at it between encounters. If I know that my rogue's expertise has a passive perception of 23, then every time they walk into the room, I tell everybody else first what they see and the rogue what they see afterwards because you just happen to have more information. It's my job then as a DM to ambush more. Does the rogue say it out loud? The rogue is greedy. Do they even share that information? Right? Um, when it comes to, I think, do bards, some bards get expertise too, if I yes. remember correctly. So it's not just rogues, but like seeing the thing should not be solving the mystery. Just because you find the secret passage doesn't mean you've gone down the secret passage and there were no traps and everything's fine. 100%. If you have expertise in, in sleight of hand and you can pick locks, that's fantastic. You know what? You picked the lock. There was also a magical ward on that that you can't see because this is Dungeons and Dragons. So you picked the lock, opened the door, and blew the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Like, this is only half the story. Um, and never, ever punish somebody for for being good at the thing they chose to be good at. Yeah. If they wanted the class with expertise to be able to do skills, they clearly gave up spellcasting or high AC or extra attacks or something else to get it right we don't neuter that for anybody else so don't neuter this for anybody yeah and i was gonna say something similar along the lines of especially now that you've now experienced i'm gonna tell l5r l5r it's very specific to what you are good at is what you are good at so if you are in combat and you are a courtier that doesn't have a fucking sword you are not going to be useful in that moment yep I feel like expertise just kind of gives you that ability to require party dynamic. They're going to be very good at these things. Cool. But at another point, they are not going to be good at certain things. Uh, like, yeah. Like, I'm going to... Yes, 100%. When someone complains about expertise, they clearly have never played anything but D&D. Yes. Because even in Call of Cthulhu, there is no spot or see or perceive skill. You have spot hidden when something is hidden. But when you walk into the room, you see shit. Your passive perception isn't going to fail the fact that there's a red couch in the room. Mm -hmm. And that made me think about what characters see. Yeah. What they perceive, what they smell walking into the room. And it lets me tell this story more completely. Mm -hmm. Instead of me waiting for someone to, to roll something and 
I'm holding back information. No, you walk in and the bookshelf is leaning at a weird angle. If they don't investigate that, that's fine. I gave them the information, whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, I, but if I say there's a bookshelf and that's it because their perception isn't high enough, then fuck, that's... That's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't like expertise, Call of Cthulhu is a good game for you because even if you're good at stuff in Call of Cthulhu, you're bad at it. 100 <laughs> like you're shit, you're ill-prepared for absolutely everything which is thrown at you. Uh, but we can't talk about Call of Cthulhu too much. Uh, for me, I think it's an excuse to to make things more interesting. Sleight of Hand is, is an easy example. It's just because your rogue has expertise in Sleight of Hand. If you don't adjust the situation to make it more interesting as the DM, it's kind of your fault. So what I mean is like, well, they always just pick the lock. Make the lock more interesting. I just had in my game, I gave... I gave a, um, a barrel, kind of like a revolver gun, of, it was eight different uh, barrels, and it was very low DC for all of them, but they all had to be picked at the same time. So even the other players had to get involved. The monk was like turning her darts into like makeshift thieves tools, and it was like an easy thing and stuff, and so they had to come up. So the expertise from the rogue didn't mean that much. It got a couple of them done, and then they had to think outside of the box from there. Or maybe you'll have expertise, and you know you're very, very likely to pick the lock, but this is a three-stage lock which you must pick over combat so now you have three committed rounds of doing this while everybody else is still involved so the expertise is suddenly makes something more interesting or or makes you still very valuable to the to the dynamic of the game even though it's kind of easy for you so yeah. there's ways around it to make it more interesting and as far as the stepping like i agree with everything you said as far as the stepping on other classes toes like the cleric who didn't roll as high a religion check that's kind of on you as a dm Right? Uh, not every priest in existence understands the intricacies of Hindu, mm-hmm. right? Of like, of different faiths out there. You are a cleric of, let's say, Paylor. If you are the cleric of Paylor and you're rolling a religion check, I should be giving you advantage on that shit in the first place. Yeah. The guy with expertise doesn't get that advantage. Yeah. He, but maybe he read a book. Maybe <clears throat> one he, time. yeah, like, yeah. and remembers the thing. And that's perfectly fine. And, the, and then when, uh, and if you, oh, I actually remember that it, it's actually this. If you go to the left, left, and then right, because I read it in a book, because that was how Paylor's disciples stepped in the, and then you turn to the, when you were narrating it as a DM, you know, the um, bard or whoever it is that knew this, the rogue, spews out this information, and the cleric nods as if to agree and say, yes, he is correct. And then the cleric clearly knew that information is confirming that this is the right information and everybody is involved and everybody wins. Yeah. That's how I get my way through life, Adam. Somebody will say something that I don't know and I'll go, that's right, and then continue. <laughs> See how I, I agree. Also yeah. I also do that. Let me just, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I rolled that. Megan, that's you. Phenomenal. Here we go. Okay. Caught off guard. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, two. Two. Oh. Ooh, all the way up. Okay. All right. Headache asks... Yeah, uh, good name. That's apt. Well done. Yeah. Hidachi. What rules slash setting, discovery, or inspiration have you used in your home game as a DM or player? I mean, discovering a rule during either your research for the show or having one of the other hosts bring up a rule during recording that you didn't previously know. What was the last thing that you learned because of the podcast that you've then like applied in a game? There, there's definitely something, but now I'm on the spot trying to think about something I know, very I'm specific. Just like, uh, what have I done? Uh, I mean, as like not necessarily rules, but I do find that when I research a monster, or like especially like we've started doing the undead episodes, I put more undead in my campaigns. Like, yeah, 
anytime I research a monster, I'm like, fuck yeah. It's in vogue, right? It's, it ends up trendy. going into my, straight away, I find a way to put it in the campaign. So hot right now. So hot right now. <laughs> I, want, I want you to know that I put little notes in, in, my, in my own private, like I've got a Google Drive for just my D&D prep. And I always, whenever I'm prepping, oh, what are we going to, we're going to talk about angels or whatever. Cool. Yeah. All right. Angels. And I put a date next to it so that I know that when it comes out and all of my players have listened to it, it's still going to be four or five months for them to forget before I drop that shit on their head. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The only time that didn't work out for me is when we delayed the Sorosworn episode by four months and then you guys saw it like the next week. Yeah. And Megan was like, I know what these are. Fuck. I didn't use it to my advantage. You did not. And you let everyone else die. I did. Yeah. And I said, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we know what the title of this episode is, right? Suck it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Expelling air, suffocation or drowning. You taught me this on the podcast, but I've been able to do it in a number of different situations where, you know, everybody's underwater. I'm going to cast this spell or whatever. Great. You've expelled all your air. You're now drowning. But the same thing is if you get buried. I had a couple of sessions ago in my game. Somebody ended up, actually a white dragon uh, grappled them and then buried them under the ground with their their, uh, burial speed. And uh, and he thought he was being hilarious and he was like, help! And I was like, you have no air left now. You just yelled help. And that was it. (laughs) So that rule... That's a golden one. Yeah. Take that. It's a keeper. Take that all the way back <laughs> from Adam through me. You can have it. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I learn new shit all the time. The one that always fucking annoys me is the invisibility rules. Mm. They just never feel right to me. I'm still waiting for good homebrew to, yeah. to fix that shit. So I know how all of the conditions work. That's the shit that I didn't know when I started. Even when I started the podcast, I'm like, what's the difference between incapacitated and stunned? Right? What does restraint do? Can you use a bonus action while grappled? Yes, you can. Like, but if I ask it like that, most people go, ah, uh, no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, because it's not, like, everybody just reads it off their DM screen and then they move on, right? Yeah. So, so that's the kind of shit that I learned, the conditions, which made me start to think about attacking the character sheet better and more in, in different ways, so. Yeah, very much so. Well, that was mine. Terry. Oh, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Five. I am fucking shocked that we've not doubled up yet. This is... I've never seen this. Not gonna uh, superfluous Dearth. One of my favorite names, by the way. It's very Superfluous cute. Dearth. I did like uh, Hiodache, though. Previous one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, if you could bring a creature from D&D to real life, what would it be and why? Oh. Well, I mean, it can't be anything dangerous. Let's be practical here. I That's think. Can't it? I mean, maybe like a little something. You know Cthulhu's in canon, right? Like we could, we could just unleash that. Maybe I'd be nah, I don't dear Slytherin. Say. We could unleash this. Yeah, I mean, that would be good. Um, <laughs> probably like okay, how, uh, an owl bear. Really, we you, can handle that. Adam lives on a mountain right by the woods. Where just one owl bear or many? Like, like you're just making them. This is a thing that now exists. Yeah, and like I bring it into the world. Is that what the question was? Or was it specifically like what? Uh, Any creature if you could that bring you a bring. creature from D anD D to real life, what would it be? I think an owl bear is interesting enough that we would appreciate it. Hikes are a bit more dangerous, but I mean, it's better than what's going to be better. I'm not going to bring fiends. I'm not bringing fey of any kind into the world. So. Uh, yeah, an owlbear. That seems safe. Oh, yeah. look how you're trying to be safe with this question. Whereas I just want to destroy the world. Why are you not bringing back dragons? Like, What do you mean? Because you could be one. Well, I just, like, I, I mean, like, I would just bring back dragons. Or just race. I would I want race. I'm sorry, what do you mean by bring back dragons? <laughs> we don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, not to do a callback, but dinosaurs would be pretty fucking cool. 
I mean, for how long? Yeah, yeah. Look, honestly, um, I would bring... You know what? I would bring a Celestial or a Fiend. It doesn't matter which. Let's have a definitive answer to life after death. Sure. Well, like a... That would, that would change the whole fucking world in a heartbeat. A if unicorn it, is a Celestial. We can handle that. Okay, well, unicorns exist. Great. Yeah, but I feel like unicorns exist and everyone would be like, Oh, wow, I'm shocked. And every girl under the age of 60 would be super fucking happy. Yay, there's unicorns. And then... And then, like... Can't confirm. <laughs> and then we would just, like, in five years, be like, uh, did you guys remember we didn't think they were real? Like, narwhals, right? Like, huh, just weird, huh? Like, we all discovered dinosaurs existed less than 200 years ago. And it's a mundane fucking fact now. I want an angel to exist, or a ghost, or something that's going to inherently change every fucking religion. Just give me vampires. Never mind. I take it back. I want to live that vampire teen story. I want it. No, I no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm on board. It. I am I on it. board. <laughs> I want. I want. I want to hunt vampires. I want to do it. He's so sexy. He's not sexy. His eyes are too far apart. He's mysterious. That's what. That's what the thing is. That's what the thing is. I just started watching True Blood for the first time. I've never watched it. I watched every True other Blood? vampire thing on the planet. I've never watched True Blood. It could have been great, but they made it too for. Well, it was just for a younger audience. If they'd made it for an older audience, it could have been the best thing There's ever. There's a lot of sex in that one. Like mm. you that's what vampire yeah. means. You know that, right? Hundred percent. It is just vampire is just code for incubus. Yes. Sucky. There we go. <laughs> Succubus. Yeah, that's what I wanna Yep. It is good though. There I we enjoy, go. I and that is what well. that is why the title is Suck It. <laughs> did we answer that one? Okay. God, I hope oh, so. Yeah, we absolutely did. Who's that? Is that, that on one. me? No, right. that's you. Fuck. Are you marking these off? I am. Okay. Uh, 17. God, we're on a fucking roll with this. Uh, Andir again says, I'm also very, very, very curious on how you would do a dragon chase encounter. There are chase rules in the DMG. They're okay. They're not great, but they're okay. Um, and I would probably start there. Call of Cthulhu rules I like quite a bit, where you're going almost like block by block. Um, and depending on the speed, how quickly you will catch up with it. A dragon chase doesn't last long. Because yeah. then the dragon catches you. It flies faster than you move. Mm-hmm. Like, the end, that's it. It chases you, you're chased. But then I would like want to consider why the dragon was chasing you. Like, is it chasing you for sport? Is it chasing you for fun? Is it chasing you specifically to kill you? Is it chasing you to capture you? Because, like, the dragons that have berry speed... I think that would be dope that they just go underground and you have no idea where it is. Oh, yeah. And then you're just running. Ooh, underground chase. Yeah, well, you know, like there's so many options you could do. It just depends on the dragon and why they want to catch you. So I have this like legitimate fear of the ocean. Of course. Um, and I don't like not being... I don't like things that can fly or can swim because they're a master of a 3D environment and I'm stuck in a 2D plane. Yeah. And I don't fucking like that. So every time that I see a movie or something where they're on a ship... And they, you know, they look over and the giant thing moves underneath the ship. That's terrifying. Now make it a dragon. Woo! Mm-hmm. That is a fun, an underwater dragon chase is something I'd be interested in. All over it. Uh, I just did this recently as well. And I completely ignored the chase mechanics uh, in the book. I did it as a skill challenge where the dragon was involved in the skill challenge. And so they started however many feet. And I didn't do it as a group check. I did it as individual checks. If you succeed, you essentially move forwards one block. I think I even used the grid roughly so they can see like how many rounds or whatever they are away. Okay, you succeed, you move forward, you succeed, you failed, you don't. The dragon also does a skill check. He succeeds, so he moves forwards like that. And then if he catches an individual, 
you're now within reach and they can take actions against you like that. Uh, if you if he gets close enough that a breath weapon can be used, as his skill, he can use his breath weapon against you while you're trying to escape. And then I think it was like five successes they needed or something to get away. But that was easy for me to follow. The skill challenge is a very simple, good way to do that. The other thing that I would honestly do is have... Have it be part of the environment. Like, this is an environmental factor. If you guys are all on horseback and you're fighting dragon cultists and the dragon is chasing you, you know an initiative count 20. A breath weapon is going to hit and you roll a random die to see which one of the things it hits. Maybe it's part of the scenery. Maybe it's one of the cultists. Maybe it's just a horse and not you. Or it's an NPC or whatever. Like... Have it be, dragons should be an environmental effect mm-hmm. um, if they are not going to be directly in, in combat. Yeah. Fair enough. I rolled that. That's you, Megan. That's me? 14. I think, I think we, we did, did it. Boo! Boo, we you ruined it. We did it. Is that a round sight? 11. Have we done 11? I don't think so. No. Okay. Roller Dice says, you said in an episode that you hold funerals for player for player characters that die. What does that look like? It's a dead body. A lot of people stand around it. And yeah. That's it. We've never seen a funeral before. Well, I... Having funerals are your thing. Or you, yeah. Or well, like, I was going to say, like, I don't... I've never ran funerals in my campaigns yet. Um, I didn't like that. I, like, looked right at Adam. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> I've been far too mouthy in her campaign to get away with this. Uh, but I have done um, funerals within campaigns with Adam. I've done funerals and campaigns with a couple of my other friends. Where I've been a player character with characters that have died. And it's usually a process of, you know, saying a few nice words about the character. And, like, giving them, like, a, a nice send-off kind of thing. Like, we did eulogies mm-hmm. um, in our campaigns with um, Adam. But, yeah, Adam, you can speak more to it and what your thought process was on... I always want to have a send-off. When a player character dies, that's momentous. Yeah. Death is cheap in D&D, but players are expensive. So, you need to be able to... You need to be able to feel the weight of that. So, um... I give everybody the opportunity, so this, this is how it works. Everybody gets the opportunity to say their final words about the, the player character that died, and they get to come up with that between sessions. And then the person whose character died gives their last will and testament to one of the other players oh, yeah. and says, read this out loud. And so it's the final messages because this character will never get to speak again. Yeah. And and I lay that I'm on how tragic yeah. it is. <laughs> and and then I get depending on how how they died and what is left behind, they can then bequeath certain items. All their magic items survive, but a lot of the time, yeah. I said bequeath. Terry, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete oversight. How close that word is, right? Any funeral can become become a happy occasion if bequeath is is mentioned. Um, but yeah, so they get to uh, inherit the magic items, so um, or the important special items, and it usually goes to the person that matters uh, the most that they're closest to in the game. And it's not just I divvy up my magic potions to everybody. Yeah, we accept that already. Where does your wizard staff go? Who does this ancestral sword go to? Yeah. Right? And if I can swing it, and I haven't been able to in a campaign recently, if I can swing it, I will have their family members show up and demand what happened. Please tell me. Mm. So you've got to look the mother, the wife, the brother in the eye and say, this is what happened. And they will say, did you do everything you could have to save them? Sure. And then you've got to look them in the eye <laughs> Did you make and roll a fucking deception check. To save a player character that's died. <laughs> everything I... Could have. Absolutely, I did. Everything I would have. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
Adam's funerals are actually uh, tremendous. I've never attended one while alive, but, <laughs> but yeah. they are great. They are good. Next time I die, I say next time because, come on, uh, I might have my last will and testament be that I leave everything to a charity, but I'm going to make it like dogs with epilepsy or something. Like, <laughs> just, just, Save the dolphins. Just fuck you guys because you made me die. So yeah. It's kobolds with, cere- with cerebral palsy. That's, <laughs> oh, no. that's the fucking... So, um... Like, that's not funny. That is a bad joke. So, um, no, beware when I narrate the funeral for you. Because the only time I've ever done that was when Jamie's character died. And then I had my cleric. At this point, uh, my cleric had been a player character who had been relegated to NPC because I had been, like, I stepped up to DM. So Jamie's character died, and this was a big plot point. I needed his character to die. I stacked the odds against him to see if he could get out. And no, at level eight, you cannot fight an iron golem underwater. You will fucking oh, lose. Shit, yeah, I remember that. Fair enough. Yeah, so he was pissed. And I had to take him out the hallway and be like, you're not dead. Calm down. Trust me. Just just bear with me. Take a breath. Drink a beer. Sit down and shut up. So, um. <laughs> he does get very invested. Yeah, and I mean, most people good. do. So, I, I'm not complaining that he was passionate about the game. Yeah. Um, but. Then I started to narrate, and everybody else sat back and like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And that's when the bad guy rolled in to the funeral and made a deal with the cleric in front of everybody that all... But it was a dwarven cleric named Vargas uh, who needed Jamie's character to be alive to fulfill a prophecy to save his fucking orphanage, like where he grew up. So that was uh, that was when he struck a deal because he needed Jamie's character to be alive more than anything else. So uh, they cut off his beard and slit his throat and and covered Jamie's body in it, said some magic words, and Jamie sat up and Vargas fucking died in front of everybody. And nobody could lift a finger. They all just watched, and that was amazing. And then Jamie had a ghost in his head for a while because was, he was imbued with the blood of a dwarf. It was tragic. You actually, you do funerals so well. Uh, it really was good. It's always just a roller coaster of emotions. But then um, you pulled some strings, and we actually had Jamie exiled to Australia after that. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. We made that happen afterwards. You said you can't be in the campaign. You can't sit with us anymore. Worse, you have to move. Get out of here. To a country of poison. <laughs> Jess just kept trying to send him back and be like, look, an extra 50 pieces of silver please marry him but then buy a house then fuck have a baby like do whatever to do, <laughs> do not it. let him back do, do not <laughs> let him back <laughs> don't let him back until his accent's changed <laughs> how long does that take terry so it's a some people it never happens i do i i don't know <laughs> that's, that's a sort of a lot of it's social camouflage especially in like loud you just get sick of saying everything three times so you just adjust to the people around you but uh it's fine it's your turn to roll it's my turn okay three hey trois uh snow one four twelve fourteen twelve fourteen one two uh what is your favorite type of dice now, do they mean uh, like D4 versus D6 versus whatever, or a particular brand, or a particular I, style? I don't know. Just what's your favorite kind of dice, Terry? Um, I like... Okay. Um, like, I won't do different brands. Yeah, I'm fine with like Chessex or whatever. Uh, I like... I tend to choose dice that I think uh, speak to me. Speak to me about a certain uh, part of my personality, or maybe, you know, that speak to me in some way. Uh, I don't get things because they're pretty necessarily. So, yeah. Something that feels like it's a, a part of me. Brown. Why are you looking at me like that, Megan? You know what Megan was looking at me like? She was leaning back. She was looking at me like, as I was talking, she was going, you are so full of shit. (laughs) So full of shit. You are such a fucking douche. That's what she looked like she was saying. Yeah. I let the power of the moon help me decide uh, what dice I rolled. Shut up with the fucking moon thing. 
Do you think of moon affects your emotions? I think uh, your nutrition, exercise, going outside, lack of sleep has affected your emotions, and you're blaming the moon. That's insane. <laughs> My favorite dice are brown ones. Why brown? Because I haven't been able to find a set of brown dice yet. I have every fucking color under the sun, but I cannot find brown dice because nobody makes brown dice. I've got, like, dark orange. I've got... Like a dull red, but I don't have a brown. I don't have brown dice. That's my favorite one. It eludes me at this point, and I refuse to just go into Etsy and buy them. I need to find them out in the wild or get them as a birthday present or something. Like it, right. it has to be a natural thing. But... If I find one, I'll hide it in your house somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh my just god. Randomly. Okay. You cannot tell me that because every six months I will just tear my house apart <laughs> Where looking is for it? brown <laughs> dice. Sexy one day, be like it's here, it's and everyone's gonna be like, Adam, what did you do to your house? Looking for the brown. <laughs> There's only, like, a handful of people that will know what that means. Otherwise, they'll think completely something different. He's either on heroin or we're going to kink shame. So. I'm also looking at this brown plush dice that you have in this room. And that is why I have that one, because yeah. it is the only... Also, I got these. Oh, here we they're go. They're that color, yeah. but that's not quite brown. No, that's like a red. They're wooden. Oh, yeah. But they're... And they're, they're big, but they're not like traditional dice. I can't yeah. find... Brown dice. It's like a blood red Lannister red we're looking at here. So yeah. darker even. So yeah, what's your favorite kind of dice, Megan? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm D tens. Hot take. I don't. I don't care. No, what sorry. I'm rolling. You don't understand how this works. We say things quite a lot that are not true. We lie to the internet. Yeah, but, and then they engage. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say D tens, but at this point, I can't say D tens because there's somebody in my life that I have been playing the game of that I don't like D tens. So I can't say that I like D10s because that will like mitigate years of work. <laughs> you should tell him that you're ready to move on to a D12 system and see what happens. <laughs> They're probably my least favorite though, the D10s. D10s? I, uh, the shape. No, ones. I can't say anything good about them because again, it's going to ruin my facade. Really? They're shaped like like cartoon jewels. Yeah, like gems. They, They're very pretty. Is that, is, if anyone remembers Sonic and the Chaos App, Chaos App, yeah, yeah. they're like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you're not even trying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> Who rolled that? Uh, Terry rolled that. I rolled that one. All right, that's on me then. What's that? Nine. Nine. I think uh, we did nine. nine. Yeah. Six. Six. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is uh, B. Affinis again. Brown anus. Jesus, Terry. Uh, what would you like to polymorph your least favorite person into? Fucking nice person. Dan. Um, you would turn your least liked person into Dan? Yeah. I could always use another punching bag. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I would turn Dave into Dan. Yes. That is what I would do. Oh, man. Oh. No, the world doesn't need that much anxiety. I don't know. A flump? A flump? What's a flump? So they're nice, you mean? I don't know. The, no, a, the nice ones? Yeah. A hollyphant, maybe? The, the little flying pachyderms that are this big that are just... They're, they're almost... The most annoying. I would, I would turn them into a Twinga. You guys running a Twinga yet in D and D? No, because <laughs> I don't put them in my fucking games. And you're running uh, Rise of Team assets before Twinga. You remember um, Spirited Away? Yeah, man. Oh yeah. With the little creatures with the masks that would just like that are up in the trees that kind of like look with at Adamus? you. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Twinga are. They don't particularly give a shit. They will help you because they're interested in what you're doing, but not because they give a shit about your quest or you as a person. And sometimes. It might be interesting to watch you starve. They're almost fey creatures, but they're not really. And they're like environmental. And there's different ones for each different kind of like terrain. So like environmental sprite kind of 
and they all wear masks and they're fucking weird looking and I would turn them into a chwinga just to visit that on the fucking world. That's adorable. It made me think that I would love to turn somebody that I hated into a bunch of soot sprites. Yeah. Which are also from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which would be absolutely adorable. Just running around those little like soot things, helping you be stuff, helping you cook. I don't know. This is hard. I mean, I do, like I don't want to punish people. I feel like I'm moving on beyond that. Like I don't want to punish people and stuff anymore. So I like maybe just something that would be really inconvenient for them for a couple of days, and then I'll maybe just drop the spell or turn them back or, or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, just something they wouldn't want to be like a bug, like a little cockroach or something like that. I no, I will turn someone into a llama. I loved that movie. I would watch The Emperor's New Groove I was in real life. To figure out what movie you were talking about. Yeah, Bruce Did you New know? Groove. Yeah, you knew. Okay, dude, it's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I felt like that's what it started to get shit. It's actually like Disney's most hated you, film they've ever done. I think I peaked the which Lion is King. wild. It is the best movie. It was one of those ones that they didn't know how they got it through the approvals. Which one was the best one? Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, I've honestly never seen it. Oh <laughs> shit! It is like legitimately the funniest one. I think I peaked at The Lion King. And then what came after? I think, Mulan? Dis- I think Mulan right after Disney Lion King? peaked at Lion King. We haven't been able to revisit that. And Toy Story, maybe. But what else has been that, that good? That time in the 90s is where I started to... I was like, Lion King was awesome. Now nah, I'm not sure about this thing. And uh, Mulan was good. And then I started to stop paying attention after that. Fair enough. Okay, what's the movie then? I said peaked at Lion King and you looked at the corner of your eye at me like, Oh yeah? Alright, what's the movie? What's the best Disney movie? Uh, I love Moana. Right. See, I still, even though it's 2023, I still don't consider like the Pixar ones as Disney movies. For me, like Disney shut down business like after Mulan, I think. Or after, <laughs> after they stopped doing 2D animation. After 2D animation, right? like Prin- Princess and the Frog was the last one. Yeah. Um. But out of those ones, I mean, I really like the classics. But as you go back, then uh, Aladdin. I loved Aladdin. I think. Prince of Thieves was dope. I wonder if that one, like, the, the 40 Thieves or whatever. That was the third one? Yeah, I think it was, like, the Because, th- yeah, cause the second one was The Return of Jafar. Yeah. And then I think the third one was... Tell the, me you're a 90s kid. They're telling me you're a 90s kid. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm technically I, an 80s kid. <laughs> I, that's right, we are. Uh, I was trained by my mother, who's a lovely woman, to not like the sequels. She pointed out when I was, like, six or something. She was like, look how the artist is different. And I would, and it just bothered me from then on. I can never watch this I, again. I could just, I Absolutely ruined. Yeah. Aww. As long as it's not Pinocchio, we're fine. That's my answer. Frightening. What are we doing? Oh, I rolled. What year is it? <laughs> I rolled it. All right. You rolled Megan. <laughs> what are we doing? Okay. Three? We did it. Okay. We did it. Eight. We didn't do it. Hey. Oh, this is a big one. Uh, <laughs> superfluous dearth. Dearth, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Uh, says, I've got a campaign with seven players. Ooh. One of which has a bestial, bestial, bestial companion. And, oh, That's not a companion. And another one is wanting a companion. It's a lot to handle. How do you guys recommend working with combat with that many players? How would you handle initiative, monster CR, balancing action economy, and the never-ending supply of characters not staying down slash dead? Uh, remind them that they can die. <laughs> remind them by almost killing them. Yeah, if, if you want to put them in the initiative, well, great, but they are fair game. I will go for your animals, I will hurt them, which means when you go into fights, they will probably make their animal go away or make them like hide somewhere yeah. so that they are out of initiative order. So remind them that those, their their player characters, they could die and then they will not fluffily put them out into battle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. So, Terry, Terry, how do you do it? Uh, initiative order, I just let them go on the player's turn. 
it's easy enough for me. I yeah. tell the player, I've got enough to think about. It's on you, excuse me, to remember to take uh, a turn with your uh, your little companion. If you don't, the companion misses the turn. The pet misses the turn. And Megan's right. I attack the pets. Absolutely. They're fair game. Um, and it's it's if you do it efficiently like that, it's not even that much to handle, really. No. It's it's not that much. Seven players, though, is a lot to start. Yeah. It like, might, it's the, the problem is the number of players. players. Yeah. yeah, it's not the yeah. companions, right? Yeah. But, like, I would almost say, like, if you were going to have a table of six or more players, that companions and animals and pets do have to be pre-approved by the DM, I would say, have that conversation. It is a large table to have to deal with. But since you're stuck in the position you're in, threaten them. <laughs> the other thing that I do as well is... Okay, you'll recognize this, Megan. When you guys are in charge of, of when you're going to fight, when you choose to ambush or to attack, I ask, who are you taking with you? Yeah. And I often say, you have to leave people behind to protect the non-combatants. Because you guys are the heroes, not other people. Even if they are trained soldiers, they're not destined heroes of destiny. Whatever destiny. Yeah. <laughs> whatever destiny calling you yeah, have. So, so they're not the main characters of the story. You guys are, so they take a back seat. Um, the second best uh, fighter will always hang back and guard the other NPCs or guard the horses or whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, if you guys get ambushed, though, by the enemy, if the enemy brings the fight to you, then all of the NPCs retreat and try to protect each other. Mm -hmm. So that initiative has all of the NPCs going on the same initiative count. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, uh, I don't roll individual initiative for monsters. All the zombies will go together. If they have a first and last name or they're a recurring villain, they get thrown initiative. Other than that, they all go on the same term. Mob mentality nonsense. Yeah, so yeah. if there are two ogres, three hobgoblins, and a bugbear, then I have three different initiative rolls for them. Yeah. And that's it. And they go at the same time. And while fucking Dave is taking 45 minutes to figure out if he wants to use his sword or his axe... I can sit there and go, okay, I know the ogres are next. They're going to go there and there and hit that guy and that guy. So I'm done the monsters turn and the NPCs in a heartbeat. Yeah, you do them pretty quick. Yeah. So it's very helpful. Um. So yeah. I like that. Come on, Terry. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, this is your fucking fault. <laughs> hey, wait. What's that? Five. I think we did that. Yeah, we've done five. Yeah. Now I got a 14. I think we did it. Yeah. This is the part of the episode 11. Now. 11 we have done. Yeah. Here we go. Ten. Ten we didn't. Okay. Superfluous Dirth asks... Superfluous Dirth? <laughs> what I'm character was that? I'm reading yeah. up my phone. I have to zoom in and skip along. Uh, who is the original female voice who did the intro? <laughs> uh, she sounds uh, just different enough from all of the other ladies currently on the podcast. It's because she has like an, uh, the voice of a fucking angel and the rest of us are just trash. She throws <laughs> random wise into her voice. Yeah, every one of the rest of you is a chain smoking, what? vodka swelling... <laughs> Canadians. Burping Canadian <laughs> yeah. accented son of a bitch. It's, it's that cold mountain air that yeah. really got to us all. <sighs> yeah. Uh, that was Dan. That was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just after the vasectomy, I believe. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was, uh, that's the fourth and silent member of the podcast during the first six months of the podcast uh, was Shanna. She was the one that put together the original website and the original social media and figured out where we were going to host it all. And then she's like, and I took a vocal course once. I will do the the opening credit bit. And then when Dan quit the podcast, I'm like, well, fuck you and your wife. So uh, we're going to get other people to... <laughs> I've said that before. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just I got the variables that had to line up for that yeah. joke to work. No, so yeah, we decided oh, to, to swap it up to get other people on, but uh, uh, this was actually followed up with sounds vaguely familiar, almost like Peps. It's because they're both from Ohio, yeah, right. You can and you can kind of hear it. So you don't get my angry Canadian accent in there. No. Um. So yeah, that's. That's who it was. We we love Shanna. I'm just dicking about. Beautiful voice. Absolutely beautiful voice. Terrible person. Beautiful (laughs) voice. (laughs) Beautiful voice. (laughs) There is a strange pleasantness to the Ohio accent, I suppose. Well, it's the only thing that will make... I'm not finishing that. Stop it. Yeah, we're done. Hey, let's roll dice. What did I roll? It's a three. I think we did that Five. Five. I think we did that too as well. Okay. We're getting there. Six. Six. And we've done that one. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna roll three dice, and then whichever one lands on the first. All right, all right. All right. 17 we haven't had. There you go. All right, Seven, 17 we've had. We had them all. We Fuck. <laughs> all right. Uh, six, 18 we haven't had for certain. Uh, Diggly Blue Moon Yaw. Classic. Um, she always has the best fucking name. Anyway, uh, asks when to fade to black. A player at my table keeps pushing for more. Not safe for work stuff, and my DM is having trouble handling it. <laughs> uh, Tell them to fuck off. Yeah, uh, have a session zero and stick to it. Like yeah. that is, we're all adults here. Right? The, do you tell that DM to fuck off and everyone takes the pants off? Let's do this shit. Yeah, 100%. Is that, is that, is that the answer? Like, um, no, you know what kind of game you're signing up for. Yeah. Right? Don't don't feel pressure to do shit you're not comfortable with. They also know what they're doing, that player as well. Yeah, I'm going to guess that that player is going to... Sorry. Are you okay? Do pull squats. Like, <laughs> I'm back up. Does this make you up. uncomfortable? I'm back up, yeah. <laughs> that chair's broken, so we're going to watch Jerry go... I'm fiddling. As, <laughs> as we talk about the sexual encounters, I'm feeling awkward. So. <laughs> um, I'm a grower. That's the problem. Okay? <laughs> It was particularly cold. <laughs> I was wet. I just were you now? So it was a triple whammy, or not so. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that player has an agenda, and I mean, the first rule of kink is don't push it on other people. Yep. So fuck off. Is that the first one? Okay. Yeah. The Permission. Sec- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boundaries is the first rule. So yes, that's don't do that shit. Yeah, but again, like, I think the question more along the lines of, it's happening, what do we do now? You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like it's, like, give them a different avenue to go through. Be like, hey, we're going to fade to black. If you want to write your own stuff on your own time, go for it. Do your own fan fiction. Yeah, just just give me the Coles notes if a conversation occurs and you want to make it canon. Sure. I was like, but you can write whatever fan fiction you want about your characters. I had to fade to black a lot with your character and Jamie's way back in the day. I'd like we to say that he's at, looking at Terry, not me. We, no. were, we were you were at a D&D then. And I think I thought it wasn't serious. It was more just joking with Jamie. And then after Jamie was pretty like, fucking serious. Not that I'm blaming Jamie for it. But then afterwards, you're like, okay. Yeah. Two people found that funny. But maybe not. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to do that shit again. So, no. Uh, that's on them for not understanding the dynamic at the table. Yeah, I think for me, the way I, I handle this is I I don't 
um, change anything in how I'm speaking. I just, I simply kind of say like, okay, well, we'll fade to black there because obviously we're not going to narrate that whole scene for you while everybody else is trying to play D&D. Something like that, where yeah. it's like not aggressive, but it's, hey, if you've got enough kind of social intelligence, you'll figure out, oh, obviously we shouldn't be doing this now. Mm-hmm. And you'll kind of, you'll you'll click. Uh, but it, 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 I don't know the situation. It might not even be deliberate on their part or they might think it's funny as people get caught up in sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I've been at, at tables where people flirt that way as well. Like like the one character is, tr- is doing something that they think someone else at the table will find sexy. So that that's their... Like, it's fucking awkward. I have... Nerds, Terry. You need to understand nerds. I would I would like to... I would play my experiences, but like there's too many people in the world that know who I am. So I will... <laughs> yeah, okay. I will hold those experiences to myself. But it does happen where things happen at the table with these weird conditions that something will happen outside the table. And that's not necessarily anyone's jive or jam. So I think that that's why having that original conversation is very important and sticking to it. And if it shifts and changes, you have to have that conversation again. Otherwise, no one's going to want to play with that person again. And they might be unbeknownst to the situation. Right. So, like, I've even done it, because as I mentioned, doing the fan fictions thing, basically I had a character who was going to go into a thing. We did fade to black, and I said, okay, things happen, cool, great. But we were in a world where magic was illegal, my character was magic. So I said, in that intimate moment, I would like to have that conversation that they now know I am magical. But we don't have to roleplay that out. They, as an NPC, just know that about me now. Because like, during your nose glows like it a does. deep you blue. Know, that's right. Right. Because they opened the door and said, this is where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> I have that written above my bed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we zoom in and zoom out on so many different things in D&D, right? Even travel. We'll zoom out. Okay, we'll roll a count for the day. You could just zoom out on that situation. Roll a dice. Okay, were you successful? Great. Were you not successful? You guys have a great night. Everybody else goes to bed. Fantastic. You know, that's it. Just move on from there. It's only a thing if you make it a thing. Otherwise, just... You're, as the DM, control the situation and move the party along. Yeah. I've even had people like roll seduction rolls. Yeah. And like, I mean, if sure. you were successful or not. Go, you know what I mean? Go right ahead. Roll a dice. Yeah. Right? You don't have to make it awkward for everybody at the table. But if you'd like to, talk to me. I'll give you tips. I'll say, <laughs> lean into it and make it as awkward for everyone else at the table. Make it awkward for them. Make, <laughs> I, make eye contact as they're describing it's it. Difficult yeah. Because you control, especially in your campaigns, Adam, like relationships are, are a thing. I, I had like had a wife and a child. And yeah. Like, it's, it's a common thing, but it's also something that can be enjoyed. You know, in that... Oh, wait, I did enjoy your wife, you know yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as part of it, you know, your character has a wife, has whatever, but we don't need to zoom in on the, the details of things. The deets. I distinctly remember the two or three times that we zoomed in on the details of it, just, and it was in a joking manner, and then it became canon, and it will never, it will never leave my brain now. Yeah. Terry knows what I'm talking about. I don't want to know. Do you I want do to know? not want to know. I don't want to know. I know the color of half orc nipples. That right. is something that's happened now. So I was remembering like the roll for size was a, was a that was definitely a, a thing. Ago. That it, I don't think that had to be as big a thing as you I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it. Depends who you were. The table was how big of a thing. It was. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, I'm gonna move on from this question. I'm done with this question. Like beside a half like yes, please. <laughs> All right. Which, All right. At seventeen, we just did eight, ten. Eight and ten. Let me see. We've got them both. Roll again. Okay. We're we're running out of questions, and all we can roll to threes and eights. Uh, ten, four, and twelve. Ten, uh, four. We got four. Four. Yep. Four. Okay. Uh, superfluous. The superfluous. Superfluous dearth says and asks. Uh, how would you describe a shift of mannerisms of someone who has been replaced with an intellect devourer? 
I think we've talked about them a lot. I think it's just like a slow roll shift in demeanor. And then I I like the idea of like they always forget small details or get them accidentally wrong. Mm -hmm. Like their mother's name or like what the name of their companion is and stuff like that would be a good shift in mannerism. Um, Yeah. Uh, Terry, you're next. Uh, Yeah. Just show, don't tell. In the same way when you're reading a book. Right, it'll just describe what they're doing, and it won't necessarily point out that that is they do this, which is different to how they were doing it before. Just describe what they are now doing, or or, or not how. Don't describe how they are acting differently. Describe how they are acting, and that so happens to be differently to how they were acting before. Yeah, and let the players, who people are intuitive, will come about it, and just be careful how you're doing it. If you suddenly make it's sparkly like they lean over in a strange way that they've never done before. Then everyone goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. But if you just describe what's happening, they'll wonder why that is happening. Yeah. Um, they don't have eyes, so they're not used to blinking. Fair. They don't have vocal cords, so they're not used to the volume of their own voice. <laughs> Starts yelling, <laughs> like, wide-eyed. <laughs> they, they uh, like you think about the things they're not used to doing. Um, when nobody's looking, they, they walk on all fours because intellective hours do that naturally. Yeah. Right. And so it, like, they're a little bit off balance every time, like, oh, the thing hits the ground and it shakes the, the, the f- entire floor. Everybody roll dexterity. That person auto fails because they're just not used to having balance like that. Mm-hmm. This is how I would slowly show what are all of the anatomical things that this creature isn't used to it like if it uh if it takes over a creature with wings it's not gonna fly for a while not until it can get alone and practice a bunch first right so because i can learn other people's memories i can learn to to mimic other people's mannerisms but in a totally if i if i go to say latin america i cannot fake spice I am not used to spicy foods. Yeah. I will sit there and be, everything's fine, as I'm sweating and crying and snotting and dying. <laughs> and the heat and the yeah. sun. Yeah, so, right, like... Why do you eat this? <laughs> it's delicious! <laughs> it's like eating punches. <laughs> Feels so good! Right? So you got to think about, like, what are they not... What experiences are they not used to having, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Terry. Oh, man, again? Get in there. Again, like we... <laughs> What a chore this has been. 15? 15. 17, 6. 15 is good. 15 is good. Uh, Who we got? Kirk, what's that? Kirk or Bitter? Yep. Kirk or Bitter. Kirk or Bitter. How many sets of dice do you own? Fuck. Uh, The honest answer is I don't even know. I have them in a a box you can't see the size of. And they're all mixed (laughs) up now. I don't have them ordered like you do, Adam. I used to. Um, so I don't know a lot, but I'm not that obsessive over dice anymore. So I have exactly 87 sets, exactly 87 sets. And the deal I made to myself was when I got to 85, I would no longer buy them. And when I got to a hundred, every time I got a new set, I would gift a set away. So I would always just have a hundred sets of dice. Interesting. Yeah. So that way I'm not going to be a dice goblin or I guess dragon at this point, like for the rest of my life. But I have since... Gotten two sets of dice, which means two birthdays have passed. That's true. Yeah. Birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you now count your yeah. So I'm three sets of dice old. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I have 87. Yeah. I, I, I'm, the same, 87. I'm the same as Terry. I don't keep track. They all they all get dumped into a box. 
and then they travel around with me. You are chaotic neutral when it comes to dice. I really don't care about my dice, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, I got over it as well. You know, it might bother you. What I do, Adam, is uh, sometimes I'll grab a handful, like if, if we're coming over to play Call of Cthulhu or something, put them in the jacket, but then I'll leave them there, which means there's now like sets that are incomplete and they're in different locations now. Yeah. And I never really fix that. When I was doing 3.5, we had communal dice. There was a bowl of dice, and you would grab them out of the middle, and you'd roll them. Um, I never owned my own set of dice. For 4th edition, I went out, and I bought 10 sets of dice to learn to play 4th edition. And then the person that I was playing with, my DM, took all of the minis, all of the books, and all of the dice that we'd all left at his house, because he midnight moved to another province. <gasps> And yeah, then, I remember when I first met you, you told me this story. Like, literally the first day I met you. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like, I had two new sets of dice, and I was like starting from scratch. I had vowed, fucking I'm done with D&D. That pissed me right off. Yeah. I lost hundreds of dollars of shit, so. Um, and so I've now built the minis back up and the dice back up, and I have yet to lose a single die. Hmm. And it drives me nuts. Every once in a while, someone's like, oh, I have an extra D20. Do you want it? No, fuck off. I need all seven. <laughs> Yeah. Just bring me all seven. Oh, yeah. This offering yeah. will not be accepted. Whereas, like, I'm at the point where I'm not overly sacred with my dice anymore. That Dave and I will trade dice at the table. It's wild. We'll swap these d20s. Everybody else is looking at us like we're like punching them in the face, and we're like, no, like this. We're actually trying to make our dice work better, like because <laughs> they're not rolling well. It's science. <laughs> it is a science. No. All right, that's me. That's me rolling. Uh, I see a 20. I'm so going with 20. I rolled no, 20. fuck, you rolled a 20 already. I did. Uh, I, well, I also got a 19. Did we get 19? Nope, 19. All right, cool. There you go. Uh, Alexander Another Skip Davis asks, okay, so on the subreddit, you guys probably don't know this, um, but on the subreddit, I make every six months a new mailbag episode um, post so that people can respond on there. Yeah. And I have to go scrolling forever. And I've put up there no harassment and a bunch of other rules. So he said, what if no harassment... Uh, oh, wait, if no harassment is allowed, how do we find out more about Dan's furniture contracting business? Is he going to sponsor It's a Mimic? Should Ganiti change her life due to the OGL? How do I find out if everyone got the dice I sent? We did, by the way, and they're great. You told us not to talk about them yet because you wanted to do a commercial. And we never got back to that. So that's on me for not following up. Sorry, Alexander. Um, how do the mailbag answers pronounce, uh, answerers pronounce Zebra? Um, are previous questions allowed to be resubmitted? Well, that'd be cool. Get other people that haven't answered it to come back and try again. Um, is this the new OGL of the It's McMailbag license? What magic powers would you give a mailbag in a fantasy world? It's Zebra. It's Zebra. Zebra. It's Zebra. Zebra. Go it's, to South Africa. It is zebra. zebra. Go to South Africa, where zebras are from. Walk, get off the plane, <laughs> go up to a person in South Africa, and go, it's pronounced Zebra. And see how long you last. Zebra. When you tell them that their animal In, is in South Africa, you will get shot. <sighs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> zebra. I stand by it. It's not zebra. <laughs> I, I honestly pronounce it zebra as well. Do they do... That, that's, how they that's how they teach it in school. Is, Here, do, if they say the letter is Z, but it's pronounced zebra. How f- in Canada? fucking dare they? I think that's the only reason Americans say zebra. Sorry, I'll correct that. I think that's the only reason that America is literally the only country in the world that says zebra is because they're literally the only country in the world that says Z. 
Now, um, apart from Canada, who we can't make up our mind whether we speak British oh, or English. Oh, we are on languages. the fence. We don't even know what we're doing. We don't, honestly, we don't even know. It'll be like everything, all of the letters have the U in it, again, like color and stuff, but you'll drive down the street and tires spelled the American way on the tire garage. I or know. Liquor right. stores. The American, I don't know. We don't know anymore. And depending on which province you're in, uh, where they distill whiskey will be spelled differently as well. Right. Is it E-Y or just Y? Oh, like, yeah, shit. Yeah, because Irish is E-Y, but Scottish is why right and so like I know oh yeah I, I think kentucky bourbon is is why as well for that whiskey like there's there are no consistent rules and Mieke and i fight about it all the time and i'm currently trying to get her to believe that because perfume is usually french it's pronounced perfume but we just we left the the accent off it she's not buying it but i'm working hard that was, that was gonna that was gonna pay off we don't know zebra I'm gonna hold that one now. I'm gonna just call it perfume in front of. Like, if, if you if you could drop that, it would be nice. Perfume that you're wearing. <laughs> I still have. I've been in Canada eleven years in the summer, and I still have things come up where I'm like, "Fuck shit, that's how you say it." Like, well, like uh, contribute. Yeah, contribute, contribute. But then I forget which one it is. Um, <laughs> which um, one have I been corrected on? Which one is the one that? What I is one on? I heard recently? Evidently, well, yeah. I, I say evidently. So yeah, evidence. Yeah, evidently. you're weird. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what other questions were in there? Sorry, uh, there was like seventeen. Oh that was my god. Um, if you want dance furniture, you have to go to w. I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you Terry's address. Plot twist: the furniture <laughs> is <it's> all mimics. <laughs> Um, no, he's not going to sponsor It's a Mimic. Um, the reason he left was because it was costing him too much money. Yeah. Um, how do... That's not true at all. It was costing him too much sanity. Um, how do the mailbag answers pronounce ever? Okay, we did that. How do I find out if everyone got the dice I sent? Got him. I said that. Um, are previous questions allowed to be resubmitted? I mean, sure. Sure. If they've got some relevancy? Yeah. Uh, previous questions that have been answered resubmitted? Or yeah, but like, like you, for the first eight or whatever, it was me, you, and Dan only, right? Like, if we cherry-pick some of the earlier questions and give them to Kyle, James, and Dave, that's going to be different answers, it's right? It's likely the, our own answers have changed anyway. Yeah, like, as long as they're D&D. We've grown up, right? you, know, you know, let's say this. As long as they're D&D, I don't want to learn what Kyle's favorite sex position is. Again. Fuck. <laughs> He tells me in his weekly blog every... Okay. Um, what magic powers would you give a mailbag in a fantasy world? I can't because it's a mailbag of holding. Yeah. It's just, a mimic. Yeah. Like, I would say, or like, you know, it's the Harry Potter thing where it can speak the words to you. Sure. I've never seen it. Right. Oh, uh, she's talking about Harry Potter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Did I say it wrong? Harry? <laughs> watch. <laughs> you watch Harry Potter? <laughs> I don't know I don't why, but you're saying it just sounds awful. Hagrid is the hairy one. And why are you speaking from your throat? Like, why is it? Why is it back here? <laughs> All <laughs> right. The teeth. The teeth and the, the lips. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we are down to three questions left, and I don't want to roll dice over and over and over again. Okay. okay. So, uh, whose turn is it? It is... Megan. Mine. Megan. Everybody grab a die. Megan, if you get the lowest, the middle, or the highest will be the one that we answer. Okay. All right, and go. So Megan's dice. 12, 16, 15. So the middle one, which is question number seven. Question seven. Here we go. That's Hidachi again. Uh, Hidachi. Hidaka. <laughs> it's headache. Uh, ask, we have heard. <laughs> we have heard on the podcast. Hidaka. <laughs> but you hadn't seen it. Uh, <laughs> I only watch Ray Fiennes, that's it. Just, uh, just scenes in. I've never seen the whole movie. <laughs> Every movie that he's in, we just fast forward to his scenes. That was so 
know what, Terry? That was well done. Thanks, man. <laughs> now she sees your value. Yeah. <laughs> After how many years? I today tried, is I the tried day. so hard. And got so far. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a fucking band I didn't need to keep thinking guy, about. We're almost there, guys. All right, we're almost yeah. there. All right. Headache says, we have heard on the podcast about some of the house rules at the It's Mimic table. Do any of you others have any that you are particularly proud of? Got to remember what I didn't mention. Um, I, I, like, I don't really have any major ones that I have made up. I take from other people. <laughs> well, what's your favorite, what's your favorite house rule? Um, I, the inspiration tables. Is probably my favorite thing that we mm-hmm. have homebrewed and figured out and done. Boot for and the fact that there is a d20 positive table and a you've rolled a one negative table. Inspiration tables. Yeah. So not like crit tables, different to crit tables. Well, because these have the positive and the negative. No, no, there's still crit tables. Oh, crit. Ta- okay, yes. okay, I'm with you. Okay. But like, yeah, but we 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 made yeah, we them have, our own. We have crit fail tables. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like if you give somebody inspiration, they also get another little no. bonus thing. No. Could well, you can understand my confusion when you call I'm it inspiration. I'm so confused. <laughs> That's such a douchey way of putting it. Well, you can understand my confusion. My like, yes, <laughs> You would be able I to can. understand that when you said that thing, how confusing that I would have been for me, an intellectual. <laughs> God, you two should have a podcast. <laughs> fighting just constantly yelling it's me now so. uh no no answer the question what was your how your homebrew oh, rule? you're most proud of yeah i feel like i can't think of anyone on the spot something that i don't do now actually is i will never check anybody's like abilities or anything if you tell me something is something for your character i will believe you yeah i'll just say okay if that's what you're telling me it is then I will, be, in the similar way to what I just did to you, Megan. Okay, if that if you are telling me that you are telling me the truth, then I will believe you. And, I will t- <laughs> and if I find out that you were lying to me. <laughs> so either you're telling me the truth or you are a liar. <laughs> and we both know that. <laughs> no, the that deadpan faces but are I won't check the anymore. Most. <laughs> My table's pretty good that they keep each other accountable and, uh, and they all know the characters and the classes and the races fairly well. That uh, they point things out if people get it wrong. We also know just every time to ask Dan if he's indomitable or not. Fuck, because he never does it. Never he still, He used to write it in capital letters when yeah. I was well, playing. Yeah, him. now he yeah he's a different character now. But like we should we should write that top of his sheet still. Yeah. Um, Are you indomitable? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> he's like, is this a furniture thing? Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, my favorite homebrew rule ever is um uh healing potions heal you based on your hit dice, not on D8s. Yeah, or the piddly little D4. Yeah, like, fuck that noise. Yeah. A barbarian should, it should be worth as much of a, like, the percentage-wise. Like, mm. it's, you roll your hit die. Like, you should be able to heal 12 as a barbarian, because it's based on your overall max hit points. Simple anyway, right? maths. Right. Yeah. yeah, so everybody gets to, and I do that too with, um... When you blow hit dice in a long rest and stuff, that's always your hit die, right? Like it's, and and I think that's rules is written, but all heals I think except for spells should be because spells can you know rank up or stack or or yeah. evolve and stuff. So that's fair. Um, Terry, why don't you roll one dice? If it's under ten, it's the lower question. If it's ten or above, you you read the higher question. Beauty. I figured it out. Home rules. Most proud of. Beauty. <laughs> That's a Sivan. A Sivan. All right. So uh, that one is... Sivan. Number one. Oh, wow. Number uh, this one. is actually a good one to go out on. Yeah? Yeah. 
Throw it down. Oh, yeah, I say out loud. <laughs> That's the last one. to yourself. <laughs> What's your fondest D&D memory? Oh. oh, God. Let me think. I want to get this right. Put it on mute. We'll come back in 45 minutes. <laughs> you, um, will not, you will not be here in 45 minutes. You'll be at home. What is my fondest memory? I think it's, the one that comes to mind is when I died. No. No, hold on a sec. <laughs> That's that takes us to a dark place. But I don't mean because I died. I mean because I realized, Adam, how good a job you had done, really, and how invested everybody was in our game that we were playing. People were genuinely upset, not just because it was me, but because of the situation, the things that were happening, and it made me realize that people had gotten really invested in this game, and I was just, I felt so happy that I was in a game where people were really that invested. Uh, so I don't know if that is my fondest memory, but that is a, that is a, a good memory that that comes to mind because when I try and explain things D and D to people who are new to it, it's the, I get the same things I'll, I'll be like people will get upset if their character dies and they'll be like what why i'm like you know you don't understand they've been doing this every week for maybe two three i think you guys have been playing together for like five years now or something yeah like if he, people get invested in this stuff and it yeah. becomes a part of them uh so i think that because then then i was like oh i got a good table here everyone's really into this mm-hmm. when i died um i don't know fuck i don't hard, know. yeah like um my fondest D memories are when i get to sit back and watch the players interact without me for long periods of time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes it's meta, like they're talking about what to buy, but other times it's it's in character and they're going back and forth. Um, the Korra and Acra back and forth was always fantastic every time that happened. And it was great because here's this world that I have facilitated. Here is this game. I'm in charge of the stakes. But you guys are in charge of the characters and you are existing within it. So I guess I'm doing a good job. Right? I can sit back and have a beer and just watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So that's... The people that I like the most are playing the game I like the most because I helped them do it. Like, that's... Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I would say... I have, I have two. One really quick one was, was Korin Acra. Yeah. And it was because at the very end we were the light and dark of the world and we ended up killing each other. Yeah. And that was a beautiful ending Whoa, for our spoilers. characters. But yeah, yeah, for the live play that we did seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But then there was one in our most recent campaign where I built a character that was a sister of another character that my friend played in a completely different campaign. But it was his sister. And I wrote the backstory that she had a brother that was long lost XYZ. Adam decided to bring this motherfucker back into the game. <laughs> but the the part that was very synergizing for me was his character brought mine back to life. She died. And then there was a moment where he brought her back to life. They found out that they were that he was a long lost brother. But the part that like synergized really well was that his character was originally played in the in a Strahd campaign, and he brought me back to life because we were randomly in in Barovia. In Barovia. And I was like, so I immediately started messaging him, like, being this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a a really cool moment, because, like, you took a backstory of a character that did exist, and, like, we're continuing the story of a character, like, a legacy character that never played at Adam's table. Right. And it's been a lot of fun. You, okay, speaking of weird coincidences, one of the best things that's ever happened, and it, it gave me such a reputation with Dan for about a year before I ruined this for him, was... Um, when we first played, it was just me, uh, you, Terry, um, Casey, Jess, and Jamie, right? And it was just like us at the table doing our thing. Uh, and before Dan ever joined, we needed a map for the world. And I gave you a couple of shitty hand-drawn. These might be wrong. At one point, you were heading the ro- on the wrong road. I think you were going north, but you were actually going south because the map was so poor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the very first one I gave you, and I think it's actually still up on Dan's wall. Is it this? Or is it up on Dan's wall? 
No, it's not that. Anyway, it's a really shitty hand-drawn map. Yeah. And uh, I had scribbled a bunch of shit on the back. Just at a whim. Just different words and phrases and ideas. Some of them sound ominous. Some of them are totally benign. Couple of numbers. Uh, there was a half of a poem. I remember I wrote like 38 diamonds, right? And I just like very lightly in pencil in a tea stain. This would be really fucking hard to find. And one of the words I wrote on the back of it was boil, but it was B-O-Y-L-E. I don't know why I did that. It was just there. So then Dan joins the campaign and we played that out. And then Megan joined the campaign. We ended the first one. We started the second one. And you guys all picked your, your characters and whatnot. And then Dan found the map again in the real world about five or six months into gameplay. And there was a bunch of props stuff I was handing out. And I handed out the map. And everyone else had seen it on the wall and went, oh, okay, whatever. But Dan took it off the wall, looked at it, and flipped it over. And saw Boyle written on the back. And his character's name was Lachlan Jiminy Fidgens Boyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was not planned at all. And he went, holy shit. How, when did you write that on the map? How, how does, and I'm like, it's been in your possession. I haven't been able to reach it up on the wall in three years. Like, it's, this is, I am that good, Dan. <laughs> I knew. Yeah. And so uh, he, he thought that I had mystic powers for about I a year. I am a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. So, so that's 20 questions. We've left one out and, uh, you will have to wait three months for us to maybe roll that one. Um, if you want to guarantee that your questions get answered, uh, then you can, uh, join the Patreon because that's really the only guarantee that the patrons actually get their answers, uh, and everybody else gets the roll of the dice, essentially. So um, you can reach us at uh, www.itsamimic.com through Instagram, through Facebook, um, or uh, through the Patreon. We're also on Reddit at r slash itsamimic. Did I miss anything? Uh, we have a website, www.itsamimic.com. Um, Where you can find some awesome merch. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the store and the episode guide is up there and it's up to date. I think we update it monthly. Um, well, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. Suck it.